content for social media as well, but it has to look different because the people who are coming to your website to view, to read a blog are not the same people who are following you on social media and engaging with you that way. They're very different. They consume content very differently. So you have to keep that in mind when you're creating it. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. <laughs> Hello. Like too, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we love everyone. Bad, good. And sometimes I don't know I'm good or bad. You know, it depends on my <laughs> uh, behavior, you know, on specific obstacles. But I hope everyone is good. And uh, But if you bad, keep listening to this podcast. <laughs> you can learn a lot more about AI content creation, about writing, how improve your results. It's tough to ignore this tool. Uh, impossible tomorrow. But that was simple before. I think we need to find the balance between AI writing be between real writing and uh, I sometimes uh, write myself sometimes I can use AI content and edit we got great results with AI written content and I think uh, it's important to find this balance that we are going to do with Sherry Berg how are you I'm good. How are you? Ah, doing great. It's for a while when we spoke the last time. You yes, shared a yes. lot of valuable bombs on my podcast. So I decided to invite you one more time to speak more about that. Sherry, before we start, just remind more about yourself, experience, background for new listeners who might not know you, but they will know after this podcast. Uh, sure. Um, I started out my career as a journalist uh, 25 years ago. Uh, worked in, in that field for 10 years. Then I switched over to um, handling more with copywriting and content creation. And that's kind of been where I've where I've focused my, my time and talents ever since. Um, I, I enjoy working with all kinds of clients all over the world. Um, I seem to attract a lot of small business owners because um, they're looking for content solutions to help grow their brands. So that's just what I've been focusing on in the last, you know, in the last couple of years. Nice, nice. Shut him. I I have one question, important question for me. You know, um, you uh, helped me with creating content for my course, and um, I paid money uh, content creators. That's okay, it's business. Uh, but you denied to take this money, and you asked me to use this money to help others. Uh, so I double uh, this payment to others. Can you tell you why you did it like this? I mean, like uh, I told you uh, I can pay this money, but you denied and tell, uh, please donate this money. So uh, is it common behavior and why you denied this money? <laughs> well, I, I just I believe in giving back, honestly. And, and one of the ways I can do that is by donating my time and my skills to people. And when you asked me to work on that, that um, course material with you. I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't really, I, I didn't really, I didn't really want to make income from it. I just wanted to share my knowledge. And so, you know, when you, when you came to me with that, with the cost sharing, and I just decided that it might be a wonderful way to help benefit someone who could really use that money. And that's, you know, it's just the sort of thing I do. I, I often donate my time to people who, who need my help, nonprofits, particularly who, just don't have the budgets um, mm -hmm. and I'm always up for donating time and, and and resources to to you know to various charities that that can benefit from that so you know I, I believe in giving back people have helped me along my journey and so I want to return that you know that help to others who need it 
Nice, nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, your money helped others. And uh, I I know people can be in trouble. So uh, I, I, I always donate and help them. So uh, that's so kind from your side, you know, to help these people. And uh, Sherry, let's get back to the main topic about AI content. Uh, I know your thoughts. Uh, I checked your social media posts. Uh, I spoke with you about that. So can you tell... Uh, about how to use AI today. I mean, like how to use in in the right way, how uh, AI can help you or uh, any other projects and how it can hurt even more. Well, for me, I don't, I do I use AI? Yes, but I use it more like an assistant in the creative process. I never ask it to write content for me. Mm -hmm. And the reason I don't do that is I've just not had a good experience with it. Um, I've tried various kinds of, of AI programs, chat, GPT, Google Bard. I've, I use something called Claude. I'm not sure if people have heard of that. It's not as popular yet, I don't think. Um, but I've tried them. I've tried as many as I can get my hands on, and I've just not found that any of them truly produce the kind of quality output that I would feel comfortable attaching to my name and my brand. So how I tend to use them is to help generate some ideas. Um, if, I, if I know I want to work on a topic, I might use it to help me generate some thoughts on, okay, what can I do with this topic? What are some interesting things that people might want to learn about that topic? So it's more like an assistant for me. Um, <clears throat> I've also found it's pretty helpful in generating content briefs. So if you're creating blogs or articles for your website and you know you want to focus on a certain topic, but you don't know, you know, how should I structure this article? You can use AI pretty effectively to help you create a content brief with the right prompts. But again, um, you know, I'm sure as you've seen, uh, particularly on LinkedIn, there is lots of advice about how to prompt AI. And I really think that that is the key to getting it to do what you want it to do in a quality way is you have to get a good prompt. Otherwise, if you're, you're not going to get great output. Yeah, and I, I think um, you can't. Uh, create great prompts if you have no experience with writing, if you have no experience with specific topic. So, uh, for example, when my brothers asked me to help to create content about accounting, I couldn't. Um, I wrote the generic prompts, uh, I generated this content, but uh, I'm not sure that was quality. So, uh, I think if you uh, have no experience with writing, you can't write great prompts because it's not like to write one prompt. You need to uh, ask a few times uh, to play with this tool, to analyze what you can get. And uh, so uh, I recommend to anyone, don't think that any tool can help all your problems. You need to know how to write. If you know how to write, you can check the quality. You can analyze, edit, uh, ask new, uh, new prompts. And uh, can you tell about generation ideas uh, if you use ai to generate these ideas uh, what to write but um, from my experience um, it's tough to get something new and special mm -hmm. uh, of course i can ask ChatGPT, please provide ideas about my new blog post but uh, this tool is good with uh, sharing other ideas i mean like to rewrite existing ideas and uh, it's important especially uh, you have this uh, background in journalism it's important to bring something new valuable in this world so uh, tell uh, your methods to gen generate these ideas 
Yeah, so <clears throat> what I'll do is ask it to generate a list of thoughts on a particular topic. And then what I do is I take those topics and I do some research myself. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I see if where, where content has been created on those topics. And then of course I do a little bit more deeper dive on that content what's missing from it that's the question i always ask and that's the that's where my journalism background comes into play i ask the who where what when why and how so what what is missing from that content that i could add value to and repurpose it in a different way and put my unique take on it that it'll bring extra value to someone reading my version of an article on a particular theme or topic so that's that's kind of how i handle it i know that if you don't, if you don't, again, we come back to those prompts. If you don't prompt it in the right way, I had a client call me up one day and say, you know, I'm trying to use chat GPT. And I said, I asked it to write a social media post for me about my business. And it came up with really lame stuff. And I, I asked it to generate a topic list. It gave me a topic list. It didn't even make sense. And so again, I say, you have to come back to that prompt and know how to prompt it the right way. And then know how to follow up with that information that's i think that's where so many people are are lacking when they're trying to use ai is they don't realize that it's not it's not this magic wand that they can you know give a command to and it's going to solve all their content problems yeah nice and you know i i like to cooperate with people who have this journalism background because uh, they are looking for a way how to bring something new. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like to rewrite existing content and many rewriters just uh, generate the same content even if they write manually or use uh, AI. It doesn't matter, but it's important to bring something new to stand out from the rest. Uh, Sherry, I, I want to ask about two aspects. You mentioned you, uh, I mean, like you collect data before writing anything. You learn the topic, then you can uh, create this piece of content. Uh, I'm interested about your methods, how to collect data and how you understand it's enough. I mean, like you have enough data to create something valuable. Um, because what I usually see, uh, many content creators still rewrite. Uh, they don't collect data. And I know journalists uh, never accept such uh, things. They are looking for something new. Can you tell your methods? I mean, like uh, when you get the feeling it's enough data to create something new and valuable? Well, one of the things I like to do is reach out to subject matter experts on the topic. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's, again, that's where that, that journalism background comes in. I, I conducted a lot of interviews when I was a journalist and you have to know how to talk to people to get the most value out of them. Um, so if I'm, I'm working on a topic that maybe I'm not that familiar with, but I think would be interesting to my audience, I will find myself a subject matter expert, set up an interview and talk with them about the angle that I want to explore. I find if, you know, I, I interview them in the right way and ask the right questions, that I will find that golden nugget that will help make my version of a, of a topic, of, a, of an article about a specific topic, more insightful than, like you said, mm -hmm. the generic stuff that you keep seeing people reproducing. Um, they're using the same keywords, the same ideas, the same themes. All that's different is it's on somebody else's website. Um, I always tell my clients, if you could pull a piece of content off your website and put it on someone else's website, a competitor's website, and no one would know the difference, between whose content that was, then you're not creating content the right way with AI.
of course, 100%. You need to stand out from the rest. It's marketing. Uh, you can't win market if you uh, create the same stuff. And, um, you know, uh, let me share two uh, approaches that are popular today. And uh, let's find the balance between them. For example, uh, well-known author, Brian Dean, uh, he uh, posted content about SEO, digital marketing in his blog, backlinko.com. Then Samrush bought this blog. I don't know. Uh, how much money Samrush paid, but uh, if I remember, uh, I checked a few uh, suggestions, uh, $50 million just to buy this block. Um, and um, uh, Brian Dean uh, wrote an article a month. So he spent a lot of time to collect data, to analyze all competitors, to learn about uh, users, customers, and he created the best possible content, super high quality content. Uh, it's not popular. Uh, and according to data, uh, bloggers usually spend less time, like four hours, uh, 12 hours. It, it depends, but uh, it's not like a month to write a single post. And uh, um, I always learn from great uh, offers like, Stephen King, for example, he recommends to write every single day plus 2,000 words. So uh, he writes a lot. Uh, and uh, can you tell how to find this balance between uh, you need to be consistent. You need to craft the skills. If you collect data like Brian Dean, uh, you can't write a lot uh, to craft skills of writing. Uh, it's like, I don't know, if uh, I want to play soccer. Cristiano Ronaldo, Leo Messi can train every single day. They don't skip any day uh, to craft skills uh, of soccer. Uh, I, I think it's the same with writing. You can't be great if you don't write every single day. Uh, I don't know. You can set up time. You can set up uh, the number of words. It, it depends. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, can, can you tell how to find this balance between uh, writing a lot and uh, writing super high quality content? <laughs> Well, I just had this conversation this morning, oddly enough, with someone on LinkedIn that was talking about how they had they had made a, a commitment to posting on LinkedIn their content during a, a set schedule. I think they said it was every other day. And then as they as most people do, they got a little bit burned out with the frequency mm -hmm. of that, because, as you know, creating high quality content is time consuming. Yeah. Um, somebody could write three sentences and it may have taken them all day to come up with that, not because it was a lot of words, but because it was an insightful thought about something and it took them a while to formulate that thought in a way that adds value. Um, so what I like to tell people is you have to find a that balance where you're still enjoying honing your writing skills without burning yourself out on it. Um, you know, and, and for everybody, it's that's going to be different. There are some weeks for me, I feel inspired to write something every day. And I do like for mm -hmm. myself, not for my clients, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then, then there are other times where I feel like I've, I've, I'm sapped out on creativity and I need to recharge and I'll take a break for sometimes a week or more. Mm -hmm. um, I know, I know when people were talking about posting on, on their digital assets, like their social media pages that they worry about taking breaks is going to affect their visibility in, in the feed and with the algorithm. And again, I say to people, don't don't be pressured to write to please an algorithm. You know, write write according to your your schedule and what you feel is beneficial for you. Because we're all going to have those outside pressures telling us, oh, you need to write today. 
when you know in, in, in your heart and in your mind that today is not a good day for you to sit down and write and you're not going to put out a quality piece of mm -hmm. content if you do. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, let's talk about creating non-boring content, especially for B2B business. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, for example, I want to share my uh, loving offer, uh, Jack London. I love this offer. When I take any books from Jack London, I can live on this book. I can, uh, I don't know, forget about anything else, uh, water, meal, uh, sleep, because I am part of this journey, adventure. And um, he wrote these books a hundred years ago, many years ago, but, you know, I still love all this information because Jack London uh, was, I mean, like, not the best, one of the best who can pro, uh, uh i don't know like catch attention uh keep until until the end uh, and uh, it doesn't matter that content was written a hundred years ago even today you can live on this book um and uh, once i spoke with jim edwards he worked in business insider 10 years he started on this company from scratch then company was sold for 500 million dollars great success and he told me that success of business insider depends on creating non-boring content because if you take b2b business it's boring but if you found the way how to uh, entertain uh, readers how to retain attention um, you can win it doesn't matter what kind of value you have you need to uh win attention in the beginning and i remember other great books uh, joe sugarman wrote a book how to retain users until the end how to create such uh great text um, and I, I i loved all this information that were written before digital because uh, offers didn't try to satisfy any algorithms they tried to uh, bring value to users and today google social media uh, all these platforms uh, try to satisfy people human being not algorithms can you tell how to write such text that uh, can i don't know uh, to win attention in the beginning because people bounce fast they open they can leave the, your content, forget about you, and never get back. But you need to win in the beginning and retain until then. Can you tell how to do it? Yeah, you just have to be authentic. Um, mm. I know I see a lot of advice about what what I would consider to be clickbaity titles on content, and even just a little bit of that clickbait opening for for a piece of content just trying to suck people in and then the rest of your article has nothing to do with what you promised them in that initial <laughs> that mm -hmm. initial opener um I, I have found that for me content i, I want to connect with the person who's writing the content people don't want to connect with some nameless faceless brand and, and this is where it comes in um in handy with particularly b2b content writing that, that you were speaking about earlier mm -hmm. You have to be authentic in, in what you're presenting. Be a little bit personal, add some personal flair. Um, don't be afraid to tell personal stories. People love it and they will stay hooked. If you share like something that's happened to you that was a huge learning experience that, that fits in that piece of content you're creating and just talk about how you overcame that. People are going to identify with that and, and follow through to see, well, how did she solve that? How did she survive that? So it, it's, it's a lot about being authentic. And also, you have to have strong storytelling skills. I tell people this all the time. You know, you can, you can buy templates online to help guide you through 
creating a blog or a piece of content or a case study, but they all lack one thing and that's authenticity. You have to bring a little bit of yourself to the content or people just aren't going to stay interested in it. Yeah, nice, man. Uh, I, I want to ask more about storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I found a few projects when I asked them, uh, please write stories because um, customers love it, but they denied and I check competitors, I analyze uh, and their users uh, don't need such stories. They need practical tips about specific, um, especially about accounting uh, calculators uh, and uh, uh, something like this. So can you tell how do we need to share stories uh, in such topics, uh, niches when uh, competitors have no these stories, uh, try to change the game, or uh, it's better to consider user intent and give what people want to get. I don't know any tips about that. <laughs> well, it all comes back to your to knowing your audience for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might have an audience that, depending on what your niche is, um, they're not interested in in the same kind of storytelling that you might use on say like a b2c blog where you're appealing directly to customers um or consumers it it really just depends i i think that you have to do a lot of research and understand what it is that your audience wants before you ever craft a piece of content Mm -hmm. and you know the storytelling there are ways to do that that i i think work for every brand um even if you're the the driest, most boringest product on the market, mm-hmm. um, and you still have consumers who are buying your product or another business that you know partners with you to use that product, you have to find a way to appeal to them in their voice. So, and the only way you're going to do that is if you talk to your customers regularly, mm-hmm. um, analyze the content that they're looking at, what is it that they like about it? That's That's the inside tip that you need to craft truly good copy for your brand. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of people try to skip that step. They just they just want to create generic content for the sake of creating yeah. content to have it. And they're not they're not helping when they do that, it doesn't help their audience get all the way through that marketing funnel. You know, they may they may initially open that story and go, oh here, here's a new article but they don't do anything with it because it didn't appeal to something that they needed. It didn't solve a problem for them. It didn't teach them how to use your product or service in an innovative way. It just did nothing for them. It just, and, mm-hmm. and so they don't, they're not compelled to follow through and come back and read more of your content. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Sherry, can you tell how you change uh, style or format of writing uh, depending on where you're going to publish this content. I mean, like for SEO, for social media, for press releases. Uh, do you change this format or use one uh, format that you have? So any tips how to do it, right? Well, it really depends on who I'm writing it for. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yes, I, I think if I'm writing content for a customer or for one of my clients, I always follow their brand voice. And the only way the only way a writer can truly get to know one of their client's brand voices is to spend a little bit of time with the people who work in that brand. Um, brand guidelines and, and tone of voice documents, those, those are fine, they have their place. But I think you really need to sit down with someone in the company and talk to them about their vision, their values, get a feel for their personality 
so that you can truly mimic them when you're creating content for them. And then you keep that in mind. Um, you know, obviously when you're social media content, you, you have to do less, you have to do more with less. Um, so you can take the same topic, maybe you made a blog on, and, and I'm sure you know this too, you probably repurpose content in this way as well. Um, <clears throat> what I create for a blog, I can, I can use that information and create content for social media as well, but it has to look different because the people who are coming to your website to view, to read a blog are not the same people who are following you on social media and engaging with you that way. They're very different. They consume content very differently. So you have to keep that in mind when you're creating it. Yeah. And how to repurpose this content? Because it, it's tough. It's tough to create content. Uh, I mean, like unique content for social media, for SEO. And I love repurposing. I think it works well. But can you tell how, how to do it right? For example, if you wrote uh, an article with the goal to win SEO traffic, uh, to satisfy uh, users uh, on the website, but how to repurpose this content uh, to social media, for example? Well, an example of something I recently did with one of my own pieces of content, um, I, I wrote an in-depth blog on my website for small business owners about what the what the marketing funnel is, You know, each stage of it, how you get through it, which kinds of content are perfect for each stage. So I had this very in-depth blog on my on my website and then what I did to repurpose that for my other digital assets is I, I created a, a carousel and I put it on my, my business page on LinkedIn. I pulled out different tidbits uh, and posted them on some other social media assets that I have over a, a series of days. Um, that's, a, that's a great way to get people to keep coming back is to take something like that and break it down over days and say, okay, tomorrow we're going to talk about this component, check back to learn more then. And so you can kind of encourage people, you give them enough information to satisfy them and interest them in coming back the next day to learn more. So that's one of the, the techniques that I use frequently. Um, I know some of my clients will ask me to, to what we're doing right now today in a podcast. Um, if, if they have a, a live podcast, they may ask me to take that and not transpose it word for word, but turn it into a case study or an article or even just snippets for social media. So there's there's always ways that you can you can repurpose your content um, to to satisfy the audience on a particular platform. Um, and something else I like to tell people with repurposing content is don't be afraid to post the same thing more than once. If you have a post that performed really well, don't be afraid to come back to it in a couple of months and post it again. You may have a completely different group of people that see it the second time around and it's going to resonate with them as well. So look for those pieces of content that are performing well across all your assets, whether that's your website, your social media, um, any blogs that you have, any video content that you have, and, and find ways to repurpose that, you know, a couple times a year to, to hit yeah. on new people, new traffic. You, you know, you, you unhide my secrets. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't expect you unhide my secrets, but, you know, uh, I don't wait a couple months. I do it in a couple of weeks, <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes in a couple of days. If something works, uh, I understand people uh, have different time zone uh, and uh, different time when they use social media. And uh, yeah, why not? If you can, for example, uh, get engagement uh, in the morning in one day, you can post similar content in the evening in another day, you know, mm -hmm. and it works well. 
So uh, engagement post, social media doesn't care if it's unique or not. Uh, I mean, like if you post it before that, you can change a little bit if if you'd like. But uh, sometimes I can post totally the same. It works well. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Sherry, I want to ask about uh, mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them. It's part of the process to learn something mm-hmm. new. I started my PR campaigns. I failed completely with uh, all my press releases. I uh, I wrote a bunch of them. I pitched all of them, got zero mentions, results. But uh, I learned the process, how it works. And we spent like six months to get first results. Uh, then we increased results. And today we get great results on CNN, Bloomberg, Business Insider, Investing.com, big websites. Uh, but uh, I started with mistakes. Can you tell mistakes um, in writing uh, that we can uh, find during the way and your ways how to be patient uh, with that, uh, to learn from them? Because I see when people post content and can't get results for a long time, not even months, years. It takes years you know, to craft your yes. skills. And I, I'm okay with that. If you love what you do, if you enjoy the process, for example, I play ping pong basketball. Nobody pays me for my hobbies, but I keep doing this. And for me, writing is on the same boat. If you love writing, don't care about results. Just do it. Just craft your skills. Improve a little bit step by step. Even if you do everything wrong, like for a few years, that's okay. You can get results. And I remember this great book from Jack London, Martin Eden, about the guy who uh, didn't have any education skills, but he had this passion. And he wrote a lot uh, and he achieved these great results. Um, c- can you tell about uh, patience, uh, your tips about that and about mm-hmm. mistakes that we can uh, meet during the way? Yeah. Well, honestly, if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. And if you're not learning, you're not improving as a writer. Um, I, I've been at this a long, long time. And one of the things I joke about often is I'll go back and look at stuff I wrote even when I was in college. Um, compared with how I write now, and I'll cringe at it because I've definitely developed my skills over the years from being patient and practicing my my writing and doing research to learn about new new writing techniques, new ways to improve your writing. So you know, it, it, you just have to stick with it. Um, and I know people get de- um, a little bit depressed sometimes. I, I see it all the time on LinkedIn. Why aren't my posts getting any engagement? Does my writing stink? It's not your writing. <laughs> Sometimes it's not your writing. Um, There are other factors at play. So just don't give up. You have to you have to recreate yourself, refine your voice, find find that style that appeals to your audience. Um, What you think someone is going to enjoy reading and how you've presented it to them is is probably very different than what they actually prefer. And that's kind of what what I get into when I'm talking about knowing your audience. Um, If you ask any any CEO of a company, what do you think your customers want to to hear from you or read about your business? And then you go ask the customers. Those things are very rarely going to align. So, you know, you you just have to be willing to listen to others about what they want to see and how you can add value because it's all about, for me anyway, it's all about helping other people. So I want to make sure when I'm when I'm writing content with that in mind, that I'm doing it in a way that's going to appeal to them. So, you know, frequently ask people, what what about this post 
didn't appeal to you, what can I do differently? And then be willing to accept that feedback and, and use it to improve your writing. Yeah, nice. Um, you need to help all the time. You need to bring value. Yes. And to create this feeling uh, to get more. Uh, if uh, I mean, like, for example, if I read any book from Jack London, uh, Jack London can catch my attention in one book and I'm greedy to take a new book. I, I want to read all his books because uh, he can win my attention. He can, uh, I don't know, I, I enjoy the process. It's the same with your writing. If you, uh, you need to create this feeling, uh, mm. I want to more. Uh, I need more content. Uh, it's the main reason why people follow, why they follow, because uh, uh, they want to get more from you, mm. more value, more results. I don't know. It depends on your content, but uh, yeah, just to create this feeling. And uh, uh, Sherry, can, can you tell tools that you use every single day? Uh, I mean, like uh, tools that can help you to craft this writing skills. Honestly, <clears throat> I don't use a lot of tools. Mm -hmm. um, I know that shocks many people. And even today, one of the things that I guess we could consider it a tool, but not most people probably wouldn't consider it a tool in the modern sense of the word. But I still do a lot of writing by hand and journaling. Mm -hmm. I find that I connect more with my thoughts when I'm writing them by hand on paper. And I find that I also it forces me to be a little bit more um concise in what I'm saying, because, you know, you don't want to fill up an entire notebook full of something that you could have defined in two or three sentences. So it really helps me to practice my writing, refine my writing and record my thoughts um, in a way that I can come back and use later to add value to my readers. Um, so that's one of the tools I use. Um, we already talked about AI. I, I very limited use of that. Um, and then, you know, every once in a while I'll use an editing tool. Grammarly um, is good for catching typos and mistakes. I don't always agree with it um, and some of the grammatical changes that it wants to make. So again, just like a little caveat there, if you're using a tool, don't just assume that it's automatically correct when it makes a suggestion. Yeah. Um, and another tool that I like to use, it's particularly helpful for writers of all kinds of content. It's called Hemingway. Um, and it, it's a free app. Um, you can put your content in there and tell it what you want, what you want your target audience to be. Do you want to write to a college level? Do you want to write to like a seventh grade level? Um, what's the purpose of your content? And it will show you where you have content that doesn't align with what you're trying to achieve. So I find that's really helpful and not and not just for creating content on your digital assets. You know, if you write any kind of case studies or research papers, anything that's in depth like that, it's a really good tool to help you refine your writing. Nice, nice. And uh, I'm interested about how do we need to rely to these tools? For example, uh, I have clients who can write on Grammarly. Uh, mm -hmm. Grammarly can provide a lot of tips. They accept all these uh, tips from Grammarly. Then we send these copies to editors and get a lot. Yes. more tips from Grammarly. <laughs> and of course, I understand uh, editors can see differently uh, and we don't need to rely 100% to Grammarly. But uh, I ask this question them, uh, what's going on? Why <laughs> I have new mistakes, not mistakes, suggestions. And they reply, it's a tool. You don't yeah. need to rely 100%. 60% it, it helps, but uh, not 100%. So can right. you tell how to find this balance? <laughs> 
Right. Well, one of the things I warn people about with these kind of tools is they're very formulaic. They're they're AI. Grammarly mm-hmm. uses AI just like, you know, chat GPT. So you have to be careful with them because they'll make your content really dry and boring. And any good editor is going to look at your content and not just check it for grammatical grammatical errors or structural problems. They're going to to read it and see if it achieves your content goal. Whatever you whatever you're trying to do with that piece of content, if you if you haven't done it, if you haven't made it interesting, a good editor is going to point that out to you. And so that's that's one of the you know the biggest downfalls of using tools like that is that they're so formulaic they make all your writing very very dry and boring. And that's one of the reasons I don't use more of them. Um, I, I may I may check my just for typos. You know we don't want to we don't want things to go through that are you know, that have a typo or something obviously wrong with it. But keep in mind that just because Grammarly gave you that green circle and check mark and said, great job, doesn't mean that your content is exciting for someone to read. So always, always make sure that you're not getting so caught up in that formulaic writing style that your content has become boring because it will. Yeah. Nice, nice, valuable. Um, I have a lot of questions to you, uh, but I recommend to anyone to follow Sherry Park on LinkedIn. I follow. It's very important to update what I have, to learn something new. Uh, I can agree, I can disagree with some skills, but I think it depends uh, on your goals. And that's okay, uh, because if it works, then uh, you need to accept. Sometimes uh, you can find another way. It's not right or wrong, but uh, I love to learn. I love to learn uh, from you, uh, from your post. And Sherry, I still have two questions that I want to ask on this podcast about your experience. Uh, I have founders of companies who are looking for ways uh, to learn something from scratch. For example, uh, um, I know some companies that have great products but have no experience with writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I usually get great results with um, customers who understand uh quality who understand uh, what quality means and it's tough to do it without any experience so basically i can tell we need to create high quality content but if uh people have no time uh, or experience with writing it's tough to get quality Uh, so i recommend to anyone to make your hands dirty to write a little bit to understand what it is Uh, and i have students who are looking for ways to learn from scratch how to craft the skills today especially we have ai to consider this tool so uh, my main question to you if you started today from scratch without any experience knowledge skills it's your first day in writing you have skills from school you wrote a bunch of texts in school but uh, you need to uh, to get another level to achieve great uh, results with writing what will you do if you start everything from scratch well i'd find a mentor <clears throat> that's the most important thing is to find someone who has achieved what you want to achieve with your writing and approach them about becoming their mentee. Um, You can learn a lot from people, um, especially with writing, you know, people who have been there and have experienced all the pitfalls that you're also going to experience in your journey. They can give you really actionable advice that it's going to help you develop those skills. So that's probably one of the first things that I would do is seek out someone who had achieved the goals and and where they are in life, where I see myself wanting to be as I developed my skills. 
I, I really think that's, that's important is to have someone who can teach you and guide you along the way. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. And what about practice? Uh, I mean, like, you know, if I learn from this podcast, from other podcasts, from YouTube videos, uh, mm -hmm. blog posts, books, I know it's more important to practice, to act. Mm -hmm. uh, you can learn everything, but if you do nothing, you get nothing. And uh, um, I sacrifice learning because of practice. Can you tell how to find this balance between practice and learning? I mean, like uh, how much, how long to spend, I mean, like with practice and learning from your experience? And well, first you have to figure out what your learning style is. Everybody learns a little bit differently. Some mm -hmm. people do better working one-on-one -on -one with someone like we're like, we're doing right now, you know, having a Zoom session with someone and having them guide them through an exercise. Other people may thrive by watching, you know, pre-recorded videos on YouTube or buying courses. So first you have to identify how you learn and, and the most effective way to teach you the skills that you want to learn. And then I would say, you know, do a little bit every day, because if you, if you try to do it all at once, you're, you're going, one, you're going to get burned out and two, you're going to get discouraged. Um, Great writers don't become great writers overnight. <clears throat> no matter what, no matter what they tell you, they've they've practiced a long time. They've made a lot of mistakes. They've had, you know, mentors in their life who have helped them by reviewing copy and saying, "Oh, this is okay, but here's where you here's how you might improve it." And they and they've had people that have given them feedback along their journey, and they've been willing to accept that feedback and work to improve the writing. So it, it's a process. You're not going to yeah. become Stephen King <laughs> yeah. or, or Jack London overnight. Um, you have to be willing to work at it and take that feedback that people give you to improve yourself. Yeah. And I, I remember uh, once I, I wrote, uh, yeah, uh, this was blog post uh, from Stephen King, uh, 14 tips how to improve your writing skills. <laughs> and um uh, he mentioned uh, 14 great tips, but he told if you can accept only two tips, you need to write a lot and read a lot. That's it. Mm -hmm. So if you want to ignore others, uh, these tips are the most important. And uh, Jack London shared about that in this book, Martin Eden, uh, about the guy who uh, just wrote a lot and read a lot so yeah it's I, I agree with the reading part um something that i do i didn't mention this earlier and i probably should have i read a lot of books and yeah. not just books that are you know relevant to my industry or that are exciting for me like fiction books that are on topics that i i enjoy i read a wide variety of things right now i'm reading a book called think like a rocket scientist mm -hmm. that has absolutely nothing to do with you know writing it's, yeah. it's talking about how to think logically and apply that to yeah. whatever you're, you know, you're doing in life. And it's, it's so outside the box for me because I'm a very creative minded person. Logic is not, is not something that, you know, rules my brain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm more, I'm more creative than logical. Um, so it's, it's really challenging me for me reading this book, but it's giving me a lot of good ideas. And, you know, so if you're not reading, you're, you're not going to become a good writer because, writers ultimately have to be able to come up with original thoughts and, and insights to add value. So if you're not, if you're not growing yourself, you're not going to be of value to anybody else with your writing. Nice. Nice. And I have my final question mm -hmm. about the future. I know your thoughts. Uh, I check your thoughts on LinkedIn. Uh, I spoke with you before uh, and, uh, but anyway, I want to uh, share 
uh, your thoughts about the future of writing with my audience. Uh, uh, and um, what do you think? Um, if Terminators uh, will have any chance to uh, overcome uh, writers in the future, I mean, like, don't kill people just uh, to write better than uh, human beings. And uh, yeah, your tips how we can adapt to this possible future. Well, I don't think that, you know, everybody panics about AI replacing human writers. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, I, I see it more as a collaboration. Is AI going to evolve and get better? Most likely. Um, right now, I don't feel very threatened by it at all. And I think you know that because if you've, <laughs> if you've read my posts, you know why. Um, the output just isn't there. But you know, AI is not sentient. So until it, in, in, unless it can become sentient, and let's all hope that doesn't happen, um, there's, they're always going to need human intervention and human direction on how to do a task and do it well. So is writing going to change as we move into the future? Yes, but I still think there's very much a place for human, human writers in that process. So if you continue to hone your skills and advance you know things change things evolve evolve with your industry and i think that that people are going to find to continue to find a place for themselves in the writing industry as as we go through through to the future nice nice love it love it so valuable sherry it's a big pleasure to get on my show i love this experience you know how to share this valuable bombs you can lead me an emergency room i need to think <laughs> how to adapt to change what i have because i'm student on this life i keep learning uh i never get the feeling i'm an expert at any niche i i, I always think that uh, i'm jack of all trades you know because i love to learn many things but uh my main aspect to manage to manage uh, and to cooperate with great people um uh, thanks a lot for taking your time, for sharing these valuable bombs. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Um, well, you can find me on LinkedIn and that's one of the best places to you know follow me for tidbits. And I'll, I post stuff back to my website if you really wanna follow along on my blog on my website. I, I do a little bit different content on all of my assets. So you'll get something different everywhere you go. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again, Sherry. I love this experience, so fun and valuable. I recommend to anyone to follow Sherry because I follow. It's a big mistake if you ignore it. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.